Our parents told us to just work hard and find one job and probably stay in it forever. If not, you're not being grateful enough and don't ask for more. Just be grateful you even have a job. But a lot of us are realizing that's not true, especially when people are going into tens of thousands of dollars in debt and their student loan debt is ballooning and increasing and salaries are not keeping pace with 6%, 7% inflation. Welcome to the Early Career Moves podcast, the show that highlights remarkable BIPOC young professionals killing it on their career journeys. I'm your host, Priscilla Esquivel-Bolcha, Latinx career coach, corporate consultant, daughter of immigrants, and lover of breakfast tacos. Meet me for a coffee chat every Friday as we either dive into a special guest story or I'll share my own career gems. If you're a BIPOC professional feeling lost in your career or just need a dose of inspiration, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Early Career Moves Podcast, episode 51. We are moving quickly towards episode 60, which will be the wrap of season two. So can't believe we're almost there. So really quickly before I get into introducing today's guest, I wanted to encourage you to enter a raffle that I'm doing during the month of March. So it's March 2022, and this episode is dropping the first Friday of March, and I will be revealing the winner of this raffle at the end of March and where you can see and join all the action will be at my Instagram account ECM podcast and basically it's to win a free one hour career coaching call with me and all I'm asking you to do is to leave a review of the podcast on Apple podcasts or Spotify yes Spotify now accepts reviews and it would mean so much to me if you could submit a review take a screenshot of it and then tag me on Instagram ECM podcast I will enter you into a raffle at the end of the month. I will reveal who won that on my ECM podcast. I'll do it the last Friday of the month of March. And yeah, we can basically hop on a one hour call. We can talk through any career challenge, any questions that you have about your career, completely free. Happy to help you. Okay, so now I want to introduce today's guest. We have Charlie Stover. Charlie is a non-binary Latinx money coach and former licensed stockbroker who helps LGBTQ and BIPOC folks build wealth, invest, points hack so that they can take control over their money. Charlie and I actually went to college together and now they're living their best life and they're based out of Playa del Carmen, Cancun, Mexico, which is the dream. How amazing is that? So on the podcast, we do touch a little bit on what it's like to live a digital nomad lifestyle and build an online business from another country. We also go into why they got their social impact MBA, but then decided to build their own business. And that's what they're doing now full time. Charlie has served various communities of color through City Year San Antonio, Peace Corps Nicaragua, and recently finished their Social Impact MBA. If you want to work with Charlie, check them out on Instagram at Traveler Charlie. That's C-H-A-R-L-Y. All right, let's get into it. Hey, before we head into today's episode, I want to encourage you to follow us on Instagram at ECM Podcast. Also head over to ecmpodcast.com where you can get freebies, read the latest ECM blog post, and sign up for our monthly newsletter. And if you or someone you know is looking for one-on-one career coaching, you can sign up to work with me on my website. Lastly, if you're a big fan and supporter of the show, please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's how we can reach other people. Okay, let's head into the show. 
Charlie, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. How's it going? How are you? Thank you. It's great. I'm so grateful to be here and talking with you on a Saturday. I know I love what I do and I'm excited to do work on a Saturday and talk about business <laughs> and entrepreneurship in Mexico. Yes, yes. And for those who are listening, Charlie and I went to college together many years ago. It feels like, I don't know, it feels <sighs> like forever ago. But I have a memory of you and I going to get um, tacos in East Boston. Um, oh, yeah. The one Mexican place. <laughs> that actually was really good. I don't remember the name, though. I think it was like Taqueria Jalisco. Yeah. That's what I, I think, too. Stuff. But I'm like, am I just making that up? <laughs> I just remember a lot of snow and like going into this tiny place that felt like a slice of Mexico. <laughs> yeah. And we were just like, please. Yeah. That's one of my memories with you. But mm-hmm. it's been really awesome to see your growth over the years. And I can't wait to talk about your story and share your story with everyone. But before we do that, why don't you give us an intro? Who are you? Yeah, so I go by Traveler Charlie online on Instagram. My website is travelercharlie.com. I'm a non-binary Latinx money and business coach helping LGBT and BIPOC entrepreneurs make money their bitch. And I'm basically helping them become millionaires in the future. So that's exciting work that I do. And I'm currently based in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. I've been here for a little over a year. Are you tired of seeing the beautiful ocean every day? Like, does it get old? <laughs> I have this joke sometimes with my friends where after going to the beach every day, I'm like, we need to get out and like explore and go on a tour of like a cenote or something or go to a different town. We need to get out of paradise. <laughs> so we just laugh <laughs> because we're so blessed to be here. Yeah. But yeah. That's how I felt when I lived in Miami. Like after a while, you don't go to the beach as often because it's just like life. Mm-hmm. Cool. So let's talk about your career pit stops. Tell us where have you been? Let's kind of look back first. Like what were your 20s like? Were you figuring things out on your own? Was someone helping you? Like what has that journey been like for you? Oh, all over the place. It just feels like a treasure map with all different kinds of arrows and signs pointing all different directions. But I remember going to Wellesley and knowing that I wanted to be a teacher because I'm a huge nerd. I love learning things and teaching things to people. And I wanted to be a history teacher, but I majored in French and women's studies because I enjoy writing and I hated math, which is ironic because now I'm a money coach. Just goes to show that you don't need to know (laughs) calculus to invest in the stock market. And I graduated in 2012, and then I did city year in San Antonio working as a math tutor and helping ESL kids, a lot of kids from Central America, learn English there. Then I came back to Boston and taught math and science for fifth graders at a charter school in Roxbury. And then I was like, something kept telling me to go out of the country and work abroad. So I applied and got accepted to do the Peace Corps in Nicaragua, where I taught English to high school teachers and the students, but it was mostly for the teacher because the teachers could not speak English. They would write words on the board and mispronounce them because they had no way to learn English. So that was my job there. But while I was there, I had a lot of free time. I started travel blogging. Always would tell people about credit card points hacking and the basics of how to use a debit card or credit card like a debit card. And I kept checking my bank account being like, I feel like there's a way to make this grow passively. Even back then, I didn't know anything about investing, but I had this hunch that my money could be doing more for me 
So that was the universe telling me there's other possibilities. Then I moved to DC because I wanted to get a cushy government job like all the rest of the Peace Corps volunteers were doing, working for like the USDA and State Department. But the week I moved there, Trump became president and there was a hiring freeze. And so I just started giving bike tours on the National Mall. So I was already showing people around DC, even though I had just moved there. Because <laughs> I love that. I know. I love teaching. I can't believe I did that. I'm like, yeah, let me show you the National Mall and tell you about the history dating back 200 let years. Let me Google it real so, quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But being a charter school teacher, I just realized that you have to be on point. Like kids can see right through you. And so I, I just learned how to consume information and give it to people in digestible ways. And then I love being in DC, but it was just so expensive. I felt like I was hustling so much, living with four roommates in the house far from the center, biking everywhere, dog sitting on the side just to pay the rent. And I was like, this is not it. I need to go. And then I became a cross-country tour guide showing Australians and British people, Europeans, the national parks, driving a van up to 10 hours a day with our camping gear in a trailer and like camping, cooking our meals by our side, taking them to the Grand Canyon, blindfolding them and unveiling them right at the edge of the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there was not financial security throughout all these jobs I had. I felt like I was just like living paycheck to paycheck and worried about my finances, even though I had always budgeted well. I grew up in, with that scarcity mindset of got to save instead of, no, we need to make more money and stand in our truth and, and own our value. And so after all this like tour guiding and not having health insurance, just workers comp and not feeling supported, I was like, F this, I need to learn how to invest in the stock market and make a little more money. So I got my highest paying job, which was like 35K working as a stockbroker in Indianapolis. And that's how I finished my 20s. Wow. So what I love about your story is just like your willingness to just get what you needed to get out of an experience and then move on, even mm-hmm. though you didn't know what where that was leading you. And like, like you were also willing to start over and be a beginner lots of different times, right? Because like, yeah. becoming a teacher is so hard. And it's the most humbling job that I ever had as being a teacher to high school kids. And then, and but then like you're a beginner, but you kind of get a little better at it. You're never going to be like an expert unless you stay in it for a long time. But then you're like, okay, now I'm just going to be a tour guide. Also a beginner. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know what I'm teaching, but I'll figure it out. Like, I feel like that's probably a thought that you always had is like, I'll figure this out. Right. Oh, yeah. And then the Midwest, like, how was that for you? Like, that's so different. It was rough, but a lot of these experiences, like moving to do the Peace Corps in Nicaragua, that's not like a place that everybody's dying to move to tomorrow either. And they asked me that when I was interviewing for the job in Indiana, they were like, you've traveled to so many places. Why do you want to work here? And I was like, it's not about the location. It's about the lessons that I'm going to learn. My friend helped me open a retirement account. I was making no money yet. I'm already saving for retirement because she helped me. And that's I want to help people learn about their finances and help them like learn how to trade stocks and de-stigmatize talking about money and normalizing conversations for people. And relationship building is huge and important for me. I move around a lot, but I'm really big on maintaining my relationships with my friends and my community, no matter where I am. And so that's what got me hired to work there. But it was not fun living in Indiana. It was very isolating in the state. 
when I was there, at least, I believe you could get fired for being gay, not in Indianapolis where I was, but in the state in general. It's very conservative. That's where the KKK was founded. And I was like, this feels like I'm in the deep south, but I'm three hours from Chicago. So, <laughs> and I remember dressing up a lot because I, I was excited to be able to make money and dress up for work because as a tour guide, it was just shorts and t-shirts, but I would like wear a tie and like a suit to work. And colleagues would ask me, why are you wearing a tie? And I would just be like, because I want to, <laughs> that's that. So I had to like, defend these microaggressions all the time. And they, a lot of times couldn't figure out what I was doing there, but I knew what I was doing there. I was like, I'm going to get in and learn a lot and then get out and help my community, which is exactly what I did. Where does that confidence come from? Because I feel like you have to be really confident AF to like go through all these experiences and just kind of like rock through all of these like microaggressions and like obstacles. Like, where does that come from? Just my desire to go in and learn firsthand. I was like, this is the, they're going to pay me to get my licenses to be a stockbroker instead of me having to go to business school, which I'm glad I worked in the stock market before going to business school. This is going to be the best, most practical way for me to learn these lessons. If it really doesn't work out, I can always leave. Like nothing is permanent, even though it felt so permanent. All those hours I'd spend in the call center glued to my desktop, all my minutes being tracked and watched. Like um, if I went to the bathroom too long, yeah, I felt like I was in a hamster wheel, but I worked overtime a lot. I filled up my 401k because I felt like I had to catch up on all the time lost in my 20s because I didn't know that I should have like looked for a job with a 401k. <laughs> so I just same. made it work and I had boat. to. Yeah, a lot of us are catching up, but it's never too late. Yeah. So now let's talk about what inspired your business, like starting your business. How did that come to you? Like, when did you realize, wow, all of these experiences have actually led me to this moment? Yeah, because people kept uh, DMing me and asking me how I could afford to travel. They were like, we know you're not rich. (laughs) How can you afford to go to Latin America and Colombia and Patagonia for six months. And I'd be like, because I'm camping in the garden of the hostel because it's cheaper than staying in the dorm beds. I'm sleeping with the chickens in the back. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm cooking all my meals, which is something that I'm still very proud of. And I enjoy cooking. I've just learned that it's good for your budget and just better for you in general. I'm also a Virgo and I love control. So I feel like that is also why I love cooking. But yeah, all these experiences, I just paid attention and listened to my intuition, like listen for the little clues and cues life is giving you. But throughout my 20s, I didn't have a coach to be like, yes, do this thing or no. I would talk to my friends and get their opinions on things. But ultimately, I'm the captain of my own ship and I have to trust myself to just make decisions. And so... Yeah. That when COVID was hitting, when the stock market was crashing almost two years ago, I remember getting trained to be a stockbroker at our job. It was so stressful. They had a huge screen with the news playing all day for eight hours of like COVID's hitting. This market's crashing. This is the worst crash since 1980, blah, blah, blah. And it was so stressful. But I wasn't personally stressed out. I was like, sweet, stocks are cheap. I can finally. <laughs> Bye, which is why a lot of millennials are waiting for the housing market crash still. It's like a joke on all these memes. Yeah. <laughs> like we're waiting for all these crashes to happen. <laughs> and that was me. I was like, wow, I've never made more than 35K. I'm first gen, formerly undocumented. 
I'm queer, I'm trans, and I still have the privilege of not being scared to death when the stock market's crashing. So I felt like I was on a lifeboat watching the Titanic sink while everybody was freaking out. I was like, I got this. And that's when I decided to quit my job, get an MBA, get a full ride because I wasn't trying to get into the student. Yeah. And start my side hustle. First started with credit card points and I just post on Instagram. I'm thinking about giving credit card tips and coaching. And that's when it started. And people started DMing me, like hooking up their cousin or their brother, talking to me about this. I was seriously undercharging, but I'm glad I did because I got a ton of clients and got to practice coaching while starting my master's degree. That's so badass. Congrats. That's huge. So the MBA, I did the same thing, by the way. I was like, I'm only going to go if, if I get a full ride because mm-hmm. I felt like I, I was still, you know, I was not making a lot of money in nonprofit A, so I didn't have much savings. And I, yeah, like I felt like Wellesley was already like a pretty big investment. So I was like, I'm only going to do this step away from an income if I can get it full ride. And so luckily that happened, but I did it in order to increase my income significantly, like straight up. That's why I got an MBA. What motivated you to get the MBA? I know yours was like social something like focused, right? Is that right? Social entrepreneurship, maybe? Yeah, it was a social impact MBA at Brandeis University. And my concentration was social entrepreneurship. But I also got it because like I said, I'd only made 35k in my life with a bachelor's degree. And in Washington, DC, I'd get rejected from jobs I was qualified for because I just did not have a master's degree and everybody else did. So I was like, well, I guess I need to get a master's degree in order to make 50k or 60k or whatever that I was told I would be making after just a bachelor's degree. So I really just did that to prepare me to work for somebody else. And it turns out I'm not looking for jobs. And I just got my MBA. I'm like, nope, it's time to work for myself and get my business going. That's amazing. (laughs) Because you realize, like, I can actually generate money myself, right? Yeah. Like, this past (laughs) 2021, I had 40K in sales, which is more than I've ever made working for anybody else. (laughs) That's dope. What? (laughs) So when did you realize this is something I can maybe just do as like a thing, like a full-time thing? Pretty much when I hired my business coach, that was the biggest investment I'd made in February of 2021. I hired Katza Carmen. And back then she was also undercharging. She was only charging $3,000 for three months. And I, as an investor, I like to swoop in when I see things are undervalued. Um, And it's way more exciting to invest in a Guatemalan business coach, like women of color, than it is to buy shares of Apple. So I sold $3,000 of my Tesla stock and hired her and she helped me with my business. And it was exactly what I needed. The MBA was, was kind of like training me to be a good employee to work for somebody else's dream. But she was helping me work for my own dream and coaching me on my mindset and my social media presence and how I need to continue talking about my story and sharing more of myself and giving my best content for free, which is when not that they were not talking about any of this in business school is a whole other world. So just working with her, even when I hired her, I was like, Kat, I need you to help me stay in school because I want to drop out <laughs> even though this shit is free. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's when I realized I was like, yeah, I want to keep working for myself and hiring a business coach was where I was I saw the the change of just making a couple cute hundred dollars a month to like seven and a half thousand dollars in a month. So yeah, that was when I was noticing it was worth it. But it still adds credibility to have an MBA, but you don't need an MBA to start your own business is the biggest lesson. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is your advice for people who are thinking about starting a side hustle, like reflecting back to your own journey? Like what do you wish you knew maybe from the beginning of that journey? Just start doing it. If you're noticing people are coming to you for a solution to a problem, that's gold right there. I noticed a trend of people DMing me and asking me for credit card tips or how I can afford to travel or ways to save money. And I was like, I should probably turn this into a business and monetize this too and feel good about it too. So a lot of us are anti-capitalist and worried about exploitation and everything. But nine times out of 10, if, if you see a problem within your own community, especially if you're marginalized, there's nothing wrong with monetizing that because we also need to pay rent. Like the landlord doesn't ask for the rent on a sliding scale. So don't feel bad <laughs> for charging what you're worth. So just start. I didn't have like a perfect social media template or the best marketing strategy when I started. I just started and told people my offer and slowly honed that in and perfected that. But a lot of us have gifts and we're too scared to just start. So that's something that I want all of us to do is just start even if it's not perfect. Yeah. I think like the idea of taking imperfect action and like being willing to do that is something that is clear in your story. Um, but it's so scary for a lot of us, like first gen, like BIPOC, children of immigrants, etc. We feel like we have to follow the formula that was set, but we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to, to do that. And it's mm-hmm. like a very, it's like something my parents taught me. My parents were like, get a college degree. That is the, the formula to success. And it's like, now we're realizing, actually, it's it's not, (laughs) you know, it's sad. It's a sad state of affairs where a college degree doesn't actually guarantee Mm -hmm. anything. And there's so many predatory master's degree programs that also don't have a strong ROI when you think about it. Yeah, like you said, the formula for basically what you're talking about is the American dream. Our parents told us to just work hard and find one job and probably stay in it forever. If not, you're not being grateful enough. Don't, and don't ask for more. Just be grateful you even have a job. But a lot of us are realizing that's not true, especially when people are going into tens of thousands of dollars in debt and their student loan debt is ballooning and increasing and salaries are not keeping pace with 6%, 7% inflation. People aren't getting their annual raises and everything. And people are, especially COVID just highlighted that the formula is not it. We have to invest in ourselves, in our communities too. And that's what capitalism's worst nightmare is us investing in each other. Like me paying cats of Carmen instead of investing in Apple stock was me resisting capitalism in my own way. And then seeing the return doubled my investment, the ROI you're talking about right away too. So a lot of us are realizing that there is no formula, but if you are stuck, hiring a coach is the best thing you can do. And if you can't afford one, just listen to their podcasts. Because not being able to afford one is is just an excuse that people are hiding behind. There's so many coaches out there that are giving so much quality content on their Instagram, on the podcast. Like you're not charging for people to listen to this episode. Like your podcast is a free resource for people too to get inspiration and see other people who overcame things and see where they're at. But if you can't afford it, investing in coach, like I mentioned, was the best investment I made for my business. Yeah. How do you articulate the value of investing in a coach to people, especially because, again, it's kind of a new thing for us. Like if you talk to our parents about, oh, I invested $3,000 in a coach, Mm -hmm. like they might look at you crazy, right? But how would you kind of articulate that value that you've seen in your life? 
Yeah, just like I said, I invested $3,000 in a coach and she wasn't like, yes, I'm going to take your investment and we will double it in one month, if not your money back. It's like, no, I just trusted her because I love my coach. I loved her energy and coaching. A lot of that is you're hiring somebody because you see yourself in them. And we are a product of the people we most surround ourselves with too. And if I can pay you because your time is valuable and I'm not going to get triggered because society makes us think that women, non-cis men shouldn't be charging for their emotional labor, which is false. Like we should definitely be charging for it because it is labor. Then that's value in and of itself too. But a lot of that goes with trust. But a lot of people as coaches, they get hesitant of talking about their story, of putting themselves out there, of being vulnerable. But in my experience, that's how people get to trust me. They might not know exactly how I'm going to walk them through the six months they work with me on their wealth building journey, but me sharing who I am, how I've overcame difficulty, that's what allows people to trust me more. And like I say, I'm helping people become millionaires in the future. I don't have a crystal ball, but I just know in my bones that telling somebody to invest $6,000 when they're like 28, they put that in for the next 40 years, they're definitely going to be a millionaire before they know it too. So it just show like showing people your story and how you've overcome adversity attracts the people that see themselves in you. And people always don't want that concrete monetary return. I just wanted to feel better about my business. When I hired my coach, I wasn't necessarily like, yes, we need to double my investment in 1.5 months. It wasn't about yeah. that. Yeah. There's like an energy shift when you do invest in something that can be really exciting, right? Especially if you're trying to solve a problem that you haven't been able to figure out yourself. When you make that investment, you're like, it's kind of scary, Mm -hmm. but it's also exciting. Money is energy. It's such a strong message to yourself and like your subconscious. That's really powerful. Yeah, I love that. Money is energy. And every time I've invested in like a woman of color owned business, like my friend Build with Joy, she helped me with my website and I'm helping her build wealth too. We're doing an exchange too. Every time I've invested in a person of color, I've gotten my returns back in such a faster, more exciting way than investing in the stock market. Yeah. Tell us about your nomadic life. So I'm sure a lot of people will be interested to hear like, how do you make it work? Like, what are the pros, but also the cons? Like, what is that like? Yeah, so as we talked about in my 20s, I was already pretty nomadic, but within the US, (laughs) I was more just like hustling to pay the rent, moving all over the place. But now my nomadic life is is more calm. My late 20s, I had the money and time as a tour guide in the off season to take six months to travel and just see the world and go to South America and backpacking camp before having to come back for the summer to work. But now my digital nomad life in my 30s is just basically the story of me deciding to leave the US in November when I was studying remotely. At the time I was in Denver and I was like, why am I paying US rent to study remotely? And I hate the snow. Like Denver's cute. I love me the craft breweries and the (laughs) hikes and the dog parks and everything like that. But I don't like winter. And I was like, let me just move to Mexico. I'm a double citizen. And it just makes sense. So I've been here ever since without having even been in Playa del Carmen. I just didn't overthink it. I was scared and nervous, but I was like, I speak Spanish. I'm a Mexican citizen. I'm always thinking about Mexico and the food's the bomb and I'm going to be by the beach. As long as I have good internet, it can't be that bad. And it was like the best decision I made. I just got out of the US and I feel like what you're 
what I did was so different to what other people were doing that I didn't really have anybody to be like, yeah, do it. Other than an online community on, on Instagram, I have uh, Vanessa from Wander Onwards. She's a Mexican-American expat who's been living in Germany forever. And so enrolling in her course, which is basically a get the fuck out of the US course that gave me the confidence heard to be like, about it. I'm not yeah. the only one. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. So that gave me the confidence, not having p- people physically who understood my want, but online. I was like, all right, I have these people. I'm not crazy for wanting to leave. Let's go and figure it out. <laughs> so I've been yeah. here since then. Yeah. Like where there's a will, there's a way, like you'll figure it out. And that's really fun and adventurous. Okay. So if someone is listening to this, they want to work with you, they want to explore working with you, where can they connect with you? And also what do you offer? Yeah. So my Instagram is where it's it's popping. I'm always posting on my stories, my experience here in Mexico. If you want to book a call with me, the link is at travelercharlie.com. Um, and right now, at least I'm offering a six month one-on-one private program where we do bi-weekly calls and you have access to workshops. I have my own treasure map too, that will guide you along the path to becoming a millionaire. We talk about credit cards, investing in the stock market and most exciting investing in ourselves and our businesses. So I work with entrepreneurs of all levels, people that are thinking about it, but just want to get their money right or people who have been working their side hustle and want to expand it to becoming a business because words matter. I called it a side hustle and then I decided one day to just call it a business. It's no longer a small business. It's a business. So yeah, people can reach me there. And I love working with marginalized LGBT first gen BIPOC folks too, to just become millionaires. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, are you thinking about changing careers? Then you need to head over to my website, ecmpodcast.com and sign up to get your free 20-page guide that I wrote with you in mind. I wrote this guide to help you change careers and get really clear on what it is that you want to do next. Career clarity is key to a career transition journey. All right, can't wait to hear what you think about it. Have a great week.